Hey everybody, welcome back to Sex, Drugs, and the Epigenome. I'm back again after a long and very fulfilling weekend with Dr. Seeds and the SSRP. Uh, we are back from our SSRP Chicago Mastermind slash Virtual Medical Summit, which was focused on the cellular efficiency of cancer, autoimmune disease, infections, anti-aging, pretty much a year's worth of, of, of medical uh, cellular uh, efficiency education that has culminated into what we called this past weekend. So 198 wow. slides were, were gone through or well, they were made uh, about, we, you got through in great detail. I wanna say almost 100% of that, but you got through the main gist of everything. And I have to say that this weekend was the biggest weekend, not just because it was our one year anniversary of the SSRP doc, but people were coming up to you going, I get it. I'm starting to get it. I'm starting to understand what cellular medicine actually is. And that has got to be the coolest thing, right, doc? Yeah, it was, it was a, um, it was some nice feedback and reassurance that, you know, what, what we, what I started out, my purpose was to start building some basic knowledge of understanding processes that were important to get to where we were going to be today. So, you know, they, they finally, they, not that they finally, they saw it, they saw through everyone seen through each mastermind that one plays on the other plays on the other, and then more doors open, more light bulbs go off. And this was what, this was the one to bring a lot of concepts together to show how interrelated diseases, um, metabolic function, aging, and cancer are all so similar, yet differentiated. And, and that's a, it's a big statement to make, but it's, but by understanding that all of these pathways are important in every one of those um, areas we discussed, they could start to see how it is, again, uber important mm -hmm. to be able to relate redox of the cell to all of these processes and, and how it makes sense and how it how the circadian clock comes into play even in a greater role than they imagined and how it all comes back to redox and how redox comes back to circadian clock mechanisms and how that relates to function and, and metabolism and disease and aging. And, and, and so it just showed the full circle of everything that we've spent so much time on. And, but it gives them, it gives them incredible power in, in my opinion, to think through problems and to really understand these issues that they're dealing with in their patients. And, and instead of um, treating a problem, I'm giving them tools to fix problems mm. and to, and, 
and to prevent problems. I think that's even a bigger and bolder statement to prevent and, and, and to make it all relevant. And that, that's, you know, that, that was the, that was the purpose of the year. And I felt vindicated. I, I felt vindicated and, and um, rewarded by that input from everyone. And, and that, that meant a lot to me. The, I felt bad that I had to go in more depth for them and show them that, you know, they're, as everyone is just feeling like, okay, I got this. They realize, oh my gosh, there's so much more, but, but that's what drives, that's what drives you to, you know, to go to the next step and to, to understand that, you know, I would have asked all of those people, would you ever thought you'd be at this level next in a year that you'd have this understanding that you'd have this kind of information to use that you'd be, you'd be at a level that, uh, that you can start conversing and start understanding all areas of medicine that make, because it makes sense now. And, and you're not just pigeonholed in one place and you can have discussions with, with any specialist that's meaningful and probably have a better understanding of the cell than that, that specialist, because, because all they're doing is treating the problem not actually understanding all of the aspects that have to do with making up that problem and initiating it. And that's the definition of, of, of I think, of, of becoming a, uh, uh, a health practitioner, a healer, you know, someone who actually can go backwards and see the problem and, and then go forward. Um, but it's a, it's a great start. It's exciting. And, um, you know, we're, we're very fortunate to have people want to push themselves and wanting this knowledge because it's not easy. You know, I've said that from the beginning, this is not, if you, if you want something spoon fed, you, this is the wrong place to be. And you, and I promise you won't excel anywhere in the way in, in, in how you're practicing anyway. So this is wrong for you, but if you're ready to push yourself, this is absolutely the right place to be because this is where it's all happening. And I, I think we keep proving that every time we, you know, we're able to display this level of um, information that that is out there. It's just about putting it together for people and making it translatable and, um, and, um, and understandable and, and, and really also meaningful doc like this is the way that you're going to help heal other other people it's, it's so me it's not just biochemistry on a slideshow right you're 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 always coming back to how it's going to help somebody well it's it's biochemistry and it's and it's molecular um biology and it's everything in between and how you have a better understanding of the pathway of dysfunction of a cell, the better you're gonna be able to interpret how you can improve that depending on the state of the patient, whether it's cancer or um, overtraining or overnutrition or undernutrition or, you know, osteoarthritis or heart disease, I mean, it all facets of medicine yeah because because we're actually making intervention 
interventions that are changing those problems that people had no answers for. That's what we're doing. I have this video of you, Doc, back in 2010. Uh, you know, because we work on a lot of your videos and we were, were working on one in particular. And I was like, okay, let's, let's, let's dig up everything that we can find on Dr. Seeds' video. And we found this super old video. So it's about 10 years ago. And you looked similar, right? You, you look better now, Doc. But it was 10 years ago. So you can tell that, oh, this is an older video. But then you were saying, even back then, you weren't calling it cellular medicine yet, but you were saying preventative mes medicine is going to be the future of medicine. And you still say that today. You say it's not just about treating the symptom. It, it is about preventing it. And you've been saying it over and over for the last 10 years. So it's so funny when, you, when you're just explaining this culmination that we did this past weekend that we got to witness, you just said it again. Oh my gosh, Doc. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's your I'm, North Star. I like it. At least I'm consistent. At least. <laughs> All right. Well, we have we have such a good topic for our listeners today. And just as a reminder, Doc, this is our podcast. So this is for, yes, practitioners listen to this, but more non-practitioners listen to this. Okay. So we have to take the science hat off and we have to take the, put the Karen understand hat on, please. So help me understand a lot of these things. Uh, today's topic is something that is uh, personally near and dear to me because I've had my grandparents deal with this, but also I am sure it hits everybody because I had no idea how common Alzheimer's and dementia was, but that is the topic of today's episode. Um, I have some stats to read. It is the sixth leading, it's a murderer, right? It's the sixth leading cause of death in the United States. I, I, I don't know what it is in the world, but I can't imagine it's any better. And it affects one in three seniors, which is huge. Come on, you've got you've got probably at least two seniors that you know of in your life. So this is a real issue. And I had no idea that it was such an issue that can start so early on, as early as people in your 30s. Hey, Mike Kim. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. But but this is this is an issue that that number one. Um, I cannot wait till June 12th when, when you, your fellows, your faculty, your researchers that you've um, recruited for this Alzheimer's research, research seminar will be uh, presenting on, but it is a free seminar and it's a seminar where it's free, but donate what you can with 100% of the proceeds going to the Alzheimer's Foundation of America that has done some groundbreaking work, not only in research, but also in helping people dealing with Alzheimer's and their families and their caregivers. Um, more about that later, but let's just dive right into the science of this topic, Doc. Um, and I wanna start with um, that scary, scary um, stat that I read about while preparing for today's episode, and that is you can get early onset Alzheimer's in your 30s? What does that look like? How do you know? Well, it's some, it's, it's some of these. So again, this is a, this is a process that can have many, many influences of how the brain starts to lose function in basically in the neuron and how information is transmitted from the neuronal, the neuronal synapse um, throughout the brain and the rest of the body, basically. Um, 
but when it comes to uh, the, the environment of the brain, it starts to change. And again, I know this is going to sound, I'm, it's going to sound like a repeating, uh, a repeating record. It's all about redox and meaning it's all about losing the, the ability of the cell in the brain to maintain the metabolism of the brain, meaning how, how nutrients affect the cell and how they get to the cell is all about how that cell then can function. And it, it really comes down to that. And unfortunately, you can have some mutations in genes that potentially can set you up if stresses, if stressors are, are more significant early on in life, you, you potentially can, can be more vulnerable to this. Um, and the problem is, is it can be very insidious. It can be going on for 10 years before you even see significant changes that you could identify possibly by, um, by possibly like doing a spinal tap and, and being able to look for some specific markers. And, and we're actually gonna talk about some new and exciting things that are gonna, ch are changing that landscape um, that everybody should be listening to, uh, physicians and, and uh, patients and, and loved ones alike, because I really believe in what we're gonna bring forward in that meeting is going to be information that most people are not aware of and didn't know it exists. Um, that in itself, being able to predict the possibilities of that disease, that, that you have a, your likelihood that the potential of this could be coming is, is, is a, a wonderful, um, it's a wonderful ability to have that information because then I believe in what we're going to show, there are ways that, you know, they say Alzheimer's is incurable, there's nothing you can do. And I'm going to just suggest there are possibilities to help in not only prevention, um, but also in treatment. And, and we're just gonna lay out some information and then it's gonna be everybody's decision on, on where it goes, but, but we're, we're already working in the, those areas. We're working with those type of patients and we're making changes. Um, and so it's, it's always on this fringe where things change, just like we talked about lymphoma, leukemia, you know, the, in, in the, those discussions uh, with, with cancer. There's, there, there's incredible things that are happening on the, on the um, research forefront, which we're going to bring in also and talk about and show some things that most people aren't aware are happening right now, uh, which is so exciting. And the fact that this is a disease that can be, in, can be occurring and can be going on for five or 10 years before it really can take effect or it can just tip the scales immediately is just based on really comes down to the, the metabolism and the function of the cell and how things go wrong. So the more you understand how those things go wrong and the pathways involved in what goes wrong, then you can start to focus on areas of, well, how are there, are there potentials of where I can, I can stop some of those processes or influence some of those processes that are making the cell 
become a bad player or making immune cells in the brain that are bad players and how they affect other cells. Can that be done? And I'm going to say the answer is yes. And I'm going to say there is a lot that can be done. And people need to be aware of this because of the prevalence of this problem and the fact that so many people say nothing can be done at this point. I'm just not going to put up with that. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take a stance and show you what's what is happening out there and what it, what possibilities exist and and where I see this going and um, I think we'll make some compelling um, um, we'll give some compelling possibilities for people and some hope also people need hope that they're not stuck in a, a one way um, train ride to uh, brain disaster because it I, I, I'm not gonna I'm not giving into that and uh, so I think it'll be very exciting where we can really get into the science and make it understandable um, I think we're getting much better at that in in for the public and for the physicians uh, but this is where it's at and this is where information is powerful if we can present it in the right way that that is uh not only responsible, but um, uh, is translatable to the public. And, th and that's what we're gonna do. That's a very good way to put it. Now, now Doc, what do, you, what do people have to look for when, when trying to scout out early signs of Alzheimer's? So that's really difficult um, because there, it's very, it's variable. I mean, it, it can be, it can be intermittent um, uh, signs of like early forgetfulness, um, which is the most common thing that people uh, can find that that they they can see that they're they're not remembering sh the short term memory is is a problem or they're repeating themselves that family members or people realize that they're they're kind of repeating something that was just gone over or it, they're very, very subtle, subtle signs or, or people mm -hmm. have a, have a problem in, in hygiene and not taking care of themselves as well as they used to. I mean, they, those are some of the first things wow. that they can, th these are just basic things. Um, losing even intermittent loss of, of things like smell, um, like you see in COVID, that type of thing where their smell isn't as good or their taste isn't as good. They're not tasting foods the same way wow. um, or the um, their sleep patterns change uh, where their sleep is significantly disrupted uh, and that that's an earlier that's an earlier sign of, of, of problems that are coming and that that makes sense and, and how it feeds the disease and, and increases the oxidation of, of thing pathways and so forth that happen in the brain to make stuff worse um it, it's really it can be a plethora of of those type of things coming together and then there's you know there's all kinds of cognitive tests that can be done to really isolate try to isolate what stage um in early cognitive problems versus later and 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 when they we classify it as full-on um alzheimer's but it's um it's a it's initially can be a very difficult thing to pick up and and not catch for quite a while and that's 
it's it's usually the loved one that picks it up quickly or someone who hasn't been around that knows the person very well that a, a loved one you know a relative that can pick it up pretty quickly too mm. um this is a super loaded question next doc okay but i'm so curious to to know if if okay it sounds like if you don't do something about it and you have some early signs and you don't do something about it you can it can get worse right but on the flip side if you do something about it early on you could potentially delay it significantly slash not even ha let it happen at all. Correct. Love that. Well, that's, I mean, you're, so I think we all have to be careful with the statement that mental decline is synonymous with aging and, and accept that. I think that's where you we have to be more aware that um, that that is not an acceptable way to you know to look at these problems and and to, to that we have to we have to give more we have to give more emphasis of education you know like the short term memory and the the other easily recognizable things that that come along with it and 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 that's what we're going to go through in detail i think that will be very helpful in for everyone to understand that it isn't you know aging isn't a decline like that it's uh and and it and it's not just you know it's the memory and then it's the communication skills and i, I think that is the the communication skills are some of the first things of where they people can't put things together like they used to. They can't, you know, word finding and um, yeah, uh, and how they speak and having and having frustration, you know, with um, uh, in dealing with that. And what happens? I think one of the tall tale signs of that of communication is that the people they stop communicating because they don't want to be caught in that they realize they can't communicate like they have or they don't they get frustrated and so what they do is they're the easy thing to do is not communicate right so so they end up they end up isolating themselves more and more where they you know they typically would have been talking to um a friend or um um you know, a loved one, or they would have been doing things, you know, that would, that are usual with their communication, you know, calling to wish people happy birthdays and family and all that kind of stuff. And, and then the family starts to realize there's possibilities there. And then they start to see, wow, it's just more than memory. It's more than communication. These people are, they're actually confused too, that they're, they're not, their judgment is poor and um judgment. yeah so yeah. so there's so there's lots of these things that come together that this is not normal aging it's it's it is loss of cognitive function it's dementia i and and i think you people need to really understand that and and i think that could be in itself just just not accepting that oh they're getting old um, and maybe understanding more of these just common things that we will discuss 
with everyone, I think will be, you know, will play an important role because the more they see those steps and then, then they let, let's say they just understand that. And then you give them one more tool of, of understanding, Hey, you know, lot, um, uh, what's the word, um, losing, uh, changing moods, you know, having mood swings or being kind of not irrational, but just reacting differently to situations and being, you know, like I said, being more frustrated over things. Those are signs. Those are absolute signs of, you know, of not being able to work the brain like it typically can in its executive function. And, and that's where all that stuff can lead to, you know, those changes can be really quick things too. And you can even, they're, they're like mood shifts or swings. And I, I, so, so it's, it's that stuff that I think is important to, uh, to bring to light that aging is, is that's not acceptable. It's not acceptable. And, and, and those can be some of the earlier things that, you know, that, that people can at least have, um, a better understanding of. And so then, then they can see all these other issues like depression and anxiety and those things becoming bigger players. And they'll attribute that to older age too. Well, that's not true. I mean, I, I'm sorry, but I'm the opinion of, as you get older, you get smarter, you get better if you're doing everything right. And, and you're, you're this wealth of wisdom for your family and you always should be that. And let's not deprive our, let's not deprive our, our, our elderly people of that. Let's help them prevent those problems from happening. And um, I think that's obtainable. I think it's the more they know about some of the things they can do, the more they understand that, um, you know, that, that these things can happen is, uh, I think a, a significant play and, and we'll give you more of those tools, I think on, uh, on the 12th. You gave this excellent course. And for those of you interested, if you go to the YouTube channel, um, Dr. Seeds release it, it won't be, it won't be there for long, but it is up there. Um, let me get the name of it in just a second while I'm bringing this up, but, um, it's a course about, about aging. And it's the start of all these things. It's called SSRP signaling the master hormone. Um, and actually episode 35, we released it as this episode, but we're gonna have to take it down soon. Um, it's harder, better, faster in your 60s. So it was the episode, right? Two, two episodes ago. Um, and you say in there that you, <laughs> you kind of gave away your age. You're about to be retirement age, doc, about to be a true, uh, honest to goodness, senior citizen out there, but you are stronger and smarter. And of course, wiser and faster. And we're showing how, you know, the, those things are happening in your life. We show you zooming down the mountain, all those things. Um, and it's real. And, it, and you're talking about how you're living this and how, what's actually going on. So if you want to actually get into what Doc is saying right now, go check out episode 35, but it won't be there for much longer. So I hope that you are seeing this, check it out now, and then get into those details because we do really need to move on um, and talk about this wonderful event that we're having with the Alzheimer's Foundation of America. Uh, just to give us, uh, all our listeners, a little taste. Um, some of the topics that will be discussed, uh, we've got 
uh, our own Dr. Neiman over here, who will be talking about GHRH and the significance in Alzheimer's prevention. Right, Doc? That's, that's going to be a good one. We've got um, one of Doc's uh, faculty, uh, Dr. Abid Hussein, talking about cerebral lysin and mitochondria from Dr. Yurth and another peptide, dihexa, from Dr. Page. We've got um, Erica Schwartz. Uh, who will be talking about testosterone in Alzheimer's. And of course, your partner, your beloved partner, doc, Dr. Uzi Rice, talking about uh, hormone therapy and the and estrogen as a, is it a risk for Alzheimer's? Kind of debunking some of these big myths. Um, and of course, our own Jamie Costello, fellow of the SSRP, talking about uh, rapamycin in Alzheimer's. Tracy Page, Dr. Page, talking about immune modulation influence on Alzheimer's. All these things that you've touched upon in some episode, in some way, now focused around Alzheimer's prevention, uh, re uh, reversal, treatment, and of course, uh, I want to uh, really accentuate the prevention piece of it, because we mentioned in the earlier episode, uh, or earlier today in this episode, that that is that's the future of where you want to go with, with how you're teaching and how you're helping the rest of the world. So, um, oh my gosh, I forgot. We, we also have Dr. Wooster-Hausen talking about GHRPs and, uh, uh, Maryam Butler talking about ketone esters, all these big things that are, um, non, I don't want to, they're, they're not going to harm you by using these things, but they're going to help you and things that you can do like exercise, things that all the promising future we've got, Carrie Hardy, who's going to talk about butyrate and Alzheimer's and oh, some of your big research guests, the people that you can really go deep into the, the biochemistry and pathways with, um, talking about some of their things and their hopes for Alzheimer's. It's going to be a fantastic event. And Doc, thanks to you and thanks to the fellows of the SSRP and our uh, members of the SSRP this past weekend, we've already passed our goal of hitting $50,000 in donations to the Alzheimer's Foundation at $30,377.23. Wow. <laughs> so just about 20,000 more to go to hit our goal on June 12th. So for everyone who's donated and given so generously of all sizes, we thank you so much. We have some amazing prizes that are going to be given away during our June 12th event, um, including an iPhone 12. Yes, the phone that Dr. Seeds is holding up to the screen right now. <laughs> but we have so many great prizes, all very helpful prizes, all very uh, help and, and wellness-minded prizes to help you along your, your um, uh, health journey and health empowerment. We're so excited about that, folks. It's completely free to join. Just go visit ssrpinstitute.org slash ALZ as in zebra. Uh, visit that website for more details, see how you can get involved, see all the prizes that you can win and the raffle, how we're going to raffle it off. And of course, read about some of the topics that we mentioned today that you will be hearing about directly from them. This is a virtual event, completely again, free to join. All of your donations are tax free, uh, tax write-off uh, and 100% of all the proceeds will be going 
directly to this amazing foundation. Uh, the CEO of the Alzheimer's Foundation will also be joining us, as well as, like I said, some fantastic researchers who are at the forefront of Alzheimer's research specifically. Um, so it's going to be such, such a great event and we hope that you will enjoy it and we hope that you will join us. And we thank you in advance of, for your generosity as we move forward to try to reverse and prevent this disease and hopefully take this number down. One in three seniors, that is not acceptable. That is not acceptable. And um, <laughs> being forgetful as you age, also unacceptable. Uh, so doc, thank you again for being kind of that living, walking, breathing epitome of what we strive to become. And of course, thank you for this weekend and, and in advance for the 12th and for organizing this incredible event, doc. We're, we're so excited. And folks of you listening to this podcast, we hope that you will join us for that day of giving and um, a, a day of hope, really. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very excited about it. Excited for uh, to share the knowledge and just again to show the relative aspects of how all of these things are can be intricately involved in the mechanisms of how uh, we can start looking at possibilities of preventing or, or working within these systems um, and where, you know, where the research is with all of these things right now. So it'll be very, I think it'll be very informative. Yes. Oh, and yes, everyone joining, it's for practitioners and most importantly, for the general public so that we can all learn about ways that we can help prevent this from becoming a, an increasingly bigger problem. So please do join us. Once again, that URL is ssrp.org slash ALZ as in zebra. Uh, go check us out and we hope to see you there. Thank you everyone for joining us for this special episode of Sex, Drugs, and Epigenome. We will see you in two weeks. Bye. Looking forward to it. See you then, Karen. Thank you, Doc.